Morning, bro. Morning, bro. How you doing? I'm good. And you? Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm up and moving and uh, relatively pain free. So life is good. Good. Good to hear. Yeah. How are you? Uh, I've got a sinus infection. Well, that's not good. Yeah. Welcome to Houston. Uh, so you're blaming the community of Houston for, for uh, this? I'm blaming the air down here for it. <laughs> well, that, now you live in a real metropolitan area. So uh, there yeah. you go. A real, real urban, sure. uh, urban area. So welcome to Houston. Pretty exciting. Pretty, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll push on. Uh, we we don't we don't want everybody sending us hate mail about the fact that no, you don't love Houston. So, so far, so um, good. What's that? So far, so good. Besides the weather, that it's rained every single day that I've been here. Really? Well, yeah. This time of year? Yeah, I thought it was the dry season. Well, I guess you get one or the other. Either 105 and it's dry every day or it rains every day and in the high 80s, low 90s. So I guess people around here kind of like it because it's keeping the heat down. But at the same time, I've been swatting mosquitoes off me the size of pterodactyls. Oh, pterodactyls. Right. I can see you're, you're, you're headed for quality stuff today, aren't you? <laughs> yeah yes. so so let's see how many things do we need to clean up uh from last week where we were we we our crack research team wasn't on the ball uh let's start with the national hockey league uh for uh, clearly i need to work on my memory uh, i need to take more ginkgo because uh my friend michael who listens to the podcast is a big penguins fan and i was with him uh in june both years the penguins won in 2016 and 17 uh yeah not that long ago and he was very much into it and i think we were together for the winning game in san jose uh in 16 uh i don't I don't know that the series is completed by the time we were done with their vacation together in 17, but he, he was, uh, you know, getting up from dinner to look at uh, the TV to see how the games were going uh, multiple times over those two years. So Penguins in 16, 17, back to back. Uh, I went back. I Memory serves when I looked. You were wrong about the Red Wings and the Blackhawks. They went back and forth for those years. But neither one of them ever did consecutive. So, ah. uh, so I, I the Blackhawks won three in five years, and uh, the uh, I think the Red Wings won the other two. But uh, okay. yeah, never never two in a row. But uh, as I recall, uh, all right. So that was one thing. What was the other thing we were dopes about that I've looked up since? I guess I'd have to go back through my text, but uh, maybe it'll come to me. We didn't talk about the. Uh... Uh, soccer that's right well we did not talk about the soccer which was full of uh, drama and glory um yeah yes i i guess we'll just stick with the final game 
which I didn't, where was I at? Uh, I guess I only saw the second half of the final game, but England scored two minutes in. Uh, and just for those of you who need me to tell you this, uh, the final game was at Wembley Stadium in London, which means it was a very big home crowd. And to remind you all that uh, England had not won a major soccer tournament since 1966, uh, 55 years. They kept repeating that. These fans who were pretty rabid were into it, thinking that this was it. And, of course, two minutes in, they score a goal to put them up. It looks really good. Right, John? Yeah. And then uh, uh, we can Italy. talk about all the reasons why, but uh, the Italians scored late in the second half to tie it up. They end up going to overtime. Uh, it Nobody scores. And then they go to penalty kicks. And one of the best penalty kick things I've ever seen in terms of ebb and it was quite something, yes, with England ending up losing. Uh, I will give the short version, okay? England is two to one. You do five penalty kicks the first time around, and whoever has the most made penalty kicks wins. Uh, after after three three rounds, England had two. Italy had one. Uh, so they look. England looked really good. Um, then uh, the Italian uh, makes in the fourth round, uh, and the English guy misses. And then the Italian guy makes in the fifth round, and the oh. English guy misses again. So they missed three in a row uh, to go from almost certain winners to lose yeah, was... uh, They They have a long history of losing games in penalty kicks. So uh, When you're up two to one with two kicks to go, that's, that doesn't happen very often, I would think. I mean, no, it doesn't happen very, very often. And so. And it's... Well, I guess I guess the thing of it was uh, the two to one sounds, but they were uh, they were up two to one with the kick in the in their kick. They went second in the third round, which looked like they could be up three to one, right? Right. So that was the beginning, and Rashford completely missed, bounced it off the left post, low on the ground, and and it kicked away. The the goalie didn't actually save it, so uh, that's just a you know bad on him not getting it inside the frame at least so but uh yeah uh the the italian goalie made a couple nice saves uh and uh you know yeah uh england has still not won a major uh soccer tournament since 1966 (laughs) 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 uh anyway and of course uh well, I don't. I, I am not an England fan. I think that's been uh, repeated. And one, not only is it because I went to Scotland, uh, and my first real experience of big, big time European soccer was with Scottish uh, people. I've been a Scottish fan, which means uh, 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 that's one reason. The other is their fans are. 
uh, well, they're just not people I want to be associated with. And they proved that again. <laughs> they they proved that again after yes. the game uh, on Sunday. So unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to repeat what was said about the guys who missed. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that was bad. Really, really bad. What's that? That was really bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and not the least bit clever either. So, uh, no. There, there you go. Okay, so that's us catching up. Uh, and uh, it's been a a week where you know I I uh, uh, I'm home now, but I'm like the uh, the the famous movie. Uh, it must be Tuesday, and this is Brussels or whatever the title was. Problem is, I don't know what day of the week it is, so I can't figure out where I am. So. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a wild couple weeks. Uh, I can't claim to have watched a lot of sports. I watched the end of the NBA game on whatever night that was Wednesday night. Yeah. Right. By the way, John, I see they seem to be my schedule. Yeah. They're, they're doing the old back and forth. John, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello, John. I'm here. Gosh dang it! Hear me now. I can. Hear you. Yeah. You. Sinus infections. Uh, you made it. There was nothing there. Yeah. I said that the NBA was they're they're playing the old back and forth. Uh, two and two, trying to extend the season as long as they can. Ah, uh, yes, the old two and two. But uh, I, I, my point was, they they seem to be on. Uh, yes, uh, even though they've been Milwaukee. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm playing. I don't understand. They play tonight. I know, yeah, which is they played Wednesday. They had two days off to go to Phoenix, I guess. I don't know when they play again. I I really would. Okay. I'm going to say this because we have a podcast out loud and I don't really want to do it. But I wonder how much difference it makes on the rating, what night the games are. I wonder if it would help them if they would just bunch the games more so you could really get into the series and know when it was. And, you know, play back-to-back nights in Milwaukee. Play back-to-back nights in phoenix and then you know only take a day off i mean i don't i it's hard to sustain interest when it's every third day every third day you know i i agree uh it's like oh uh nba's playing tonight when was the last time they played oh it's been three i mean i don't even remember anything about that game three nights ago um and they play in again in the fourth quarter and ended up losing uh, yeah, they the last, had a yeah, turnover. Yeah last, <laughs> yeah, last couple minutes of the game, uh, the Bucks dominated. Yes, so and won handily. Six, I think, it was the final. So they play. They play. This is weird. They play tonight, and then they'll play Tuesday. Another. Three and then days. if there's, yeah, but if there's a game seven. It will be on next Thursday. 
uh, which which means we won't see the hustler. <laughs> we will not see the hustler or holy moly, which I watched only the hustler this week. I did not. I have not watched holy moly. Yes, I, I, I saw me there. Yes, so uh, there you go. Well, we don't have much to cover. Uh, I, I I did watch quite a bit of the all-star game on Tuesday night, the baseball all-star game. Let, let me just say the highlight might not have been the uniforms, John, but the uniforms are worth talking about. They were sweet. I like them. You liked them. Yeah. There was a lot of chatter about the fact that the players were not wearing their own team uniforms, but they, they all wore, well, the national league wore yeah, white, uh, white uniforms, but they had the uh, team logo on the hat and the uh, on the yeah. chest, left side of the chest, with some sort of splash of color red, as I recall. Though it may have depended upon the team, so uh, there, there were there were some to be said for them. Uh, they weren't traditional, but the like you you seem to think they were. There was a positive thing about them. I'm sure there were people that liked them. No, sure uh, and, people that you know, kind of like the NBA. Just wonder if the merchandising thing is worth it. Um, but I, I guess we were supposed to talk about, if we're going to talk about the game, John, how the young sluggers in baseball are are, are something that is like historic – uh, and looks good for baseball for, you know, a half generation at least. Uh, Vlad Guerrero uh, started the scoring in the game with a home run that I think hit the moon on its way out of the stadium. It was like um, 468 feet or something like that, I think. Yeah, well, they're in Colorado, so we take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a bomb. It was a serious bomb. And, uh the, it is the eighth year in a row the American League has won. And again, uh, it would take more study and analysis than I've done or am willing to do. But that seems weird to me. I don't. The American League is that dominant. I know I've heard somebody say about seven in a row uh, before the game. Look at the. At the uh, 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 World Series, the AL doesn't win every year, so uh, this seems to be a kind yeah. of a weird thing about the All Star Game again, which does go through these kinds of periods where one or the other wins, uh, uh, runs off a bunch of wins for you know, yeah, they get they get streaky, yeah, which I it is meaningless, and you know, uh, I, I don't think there's any anything that a data person could do to indicate maybe there is since they can do almost anything with data but yeah <laughs> it does that does seem just kind of like a fluke that uh, it's eight in a row for the american league yeah I, I would agree i don't think there's when you got 35 of the best players on both sides of the field i just think it's like you said it's just kind of fluky yeah, well, uh, I, I guess we're also supposed to talk about Otani 
who for the American League, who is he plays with the Angels. Obviously, Japanese, uh, famous for a big contract the Angels gave him uh, three years ago to come here to play baseball. And both pitches and hits, he started the game as pitcher for the AL and as designated hitter. Nobody else has ever done that. And, uh, and he, pitched, he pitched better than he hit, which is kind of backwards from the season. Yeah, he participated in the home run derby too, right? He participated in the home run derby because he has 30-some home runs already this season. Uh, and he, he he's quite the hitter. Uh, he didn't win the first round, did he? In the home no, run they, derby. he got beaten a swing off. Yeah. So uh, he did not do well. But uh, the home run derby, which is always a lot of fun, but it's really stupid. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he... Uh, yeah, he he was not successful, but yes, he participated in that too. So he's quite the phenomenon, uh, and uh, is it's just it's interesting to see how they handle him going forward? Because you know, Babe Ruth stopped pitching to hit, so um, yeah, yeah, I that's a hundred years ago. It's just a question about there are a lot of questions about how to handle that. And, uh, you know, you don't want to get him hurt as one to lose him as the other. Uh, blah, blah, that's blah, blah. That's a mild, mild fascination to it. Yes. Yeah. Very good. So, there, there you go. go. We, 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 we have not done a good job. And I, this is on me of looking forward. Uh, we did not talk about – we did talk about how bad the Cubs had been sucking. Yeah. Uh, but the Cubs and Cardinals played a weekend series last weekend. And uh, you should have been all over me about about that. Uh, and you, you did uh, kind of rub in Friday when the Cubs won big. I don't know that I rubbed in enough the fact the Cardinals won big on Saturday. And they got rained out on Sunday. Yeah. So uh, a, a split that does neither one of them any good as they both kind of, you know, flounder in mediocrity. So uh, there, there we have it. You can say that. I, I think, I think, I think I just did. And I think it's accurate. And I, and I think we can probably move on from there. <laughs> uh, the, the big, the big baseball news for me, uh, as a White Sox fan, uh, and this year, I, I hope my son hears me say this, uh, I, I, I've got to root more for the White Sox because they might actually do something. But, but one of the guys who got injured in spring training, Aloy Jimenez, um, who they thought wasn't going to be back till, well, maybe not at all, uh, is rehabbing already and uh, is on his second rehab assignment. So, uh, and claimed he felt 200% great. We can wow. discuss what 200% great feels like, John. I, as, uh, I cannot conceive of it, but, uh, I'm glad he feels good. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he is a big, like 100% great feels like. 100% great feels like you live in Dallas, John. <laughs> There you go. 
Good one. Feels like you're living down. And by the way, as a follow up, John, uh, uh, from last week, I have seen multiple pictures of Jeff Bezos' spaceship uh, since then, uh, <laughs> since we talked, and I was unaware last week. And yes, John, it does look like a penis. Uh, and uh, I, it just is kind of embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> Extremely okay. embarrassing. What's that? It's extreme. Like somebody had to have pointed that out to him in the construction of that, right? Or like in the sketch, like somebody sketched it, and they're like, "Hey, you know, you know, it looks maybe it looks maybe a little phallic, doesn't it?" Why? Yeah, maybe there wasn't anybody juvenile in the room, John, who was willing to let their their inner teenager come out. So. I guess the guy, the guy with four hundred billion dollars, you're in a meeting. Hey, it looks like a penis. <laughs> Maybe everybody's too straight laced in such situations or something. But it, now we have it, right? And he and Richard Branson are arguing about who's really going to be first billionaire in space. And uh, my wife, as a working uh, definition, said. Uh, they were floating weightless. Uh, doesn't isn't that the definition of being in space? And I said, well, I would be it'd be one pretty good one. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll let them play play around with all their billions of dollars and have fun and money well spent, right? Uh, yeah, nobody's no, no nobody's starving on the on the planet. Nobody's dying of COVID. Uh, there aren't places without water or with too much water at this point. Yeah, it's money was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, so there you go. Uh, I think we just covered covered all the ills of the world in one short sentence. Right down. <laughs> so, so Jono, big, big. What we'll be doing this weekend, and probably spent enough hours already that uh, it would annoy. Uh, regular people uh, is the British Open, which at some point in my adult life, they started dropping the British like, I don't know why, but uh, there you go. Uh, they are playing in, in a place uh, named for a food, uh, which seems uh, more than a little weird, but there, there you go. Uh, they're, they're, they're playing, for those of you who've missed it, in Sandwich. Uh, which you know uh, is uh, you know there's a lot of mustard there, uh, but uh, yeah, Boo. Boo. Okay. I, I have all I, I've got a bunch of them written down to use here. To be prepared. Uh, you know, uh, Rob Riggle, bro. Uh, well, you know, I'm 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 just testing the waters. You know, they might need okay. somebody to fill in for him, and uh, you know. I, I just I need some tape to send them. Uh, okay. pro- probably not use that particular one. Uh, anyway, they're playing at Royal St. George's, uh, which, according to Golf Magazine, is as famous for being in a James Bond movie as anything, which uh, I've, I'm kind of a James Bond fan and I was unaware of. <laughs> say, which movie was it in? Uh, he play he plays Goldfinger uh, in in the book and in the movie. Uh, they are playing there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Fleming, I think Fleming was a member for a while. 
it is it's a great golf course i mean it just looks amazing and uh i really hope we get some wind uh today which it doesn't look there's a few guys playing pretty well it looks like they're doing decent we got uh, Robert McIntyre shot five under today. We got Kokrak shot four under already. They're not done. Are they done? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I was I was watching McIntyre for a minute. So, uh, but you know, I I was watching before we got on, and uh, if if you're wondering how I I you know if you you're not up on this. Uh, they start coverage pretty damn early uh, for, from from uh, England. Uh, yeah. So they they started the Thursday one thirty, so uh, eight a.m. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, yeah, about the golf course, uh, and <laughs> I won't I won't say that I played it, John, but uh, I read an article from Golf Digest. Uh, reviewing 10 years ago when they played there before and the golf writer said it's not a great golf course so um but that's it is uh at least arguably the most difficult links course uh in in england uh so that is why they keep coming back there Proximity to London probably has a lot to do with. It's not a long ride out out from London. Uh, John, uh, you know you know why sandwich is called that, right? Uh, you know, I actually I've heard before, but I'll let you tell me again. Yes, well, uh, yes that that is the family name uh, of yeah. the uh, of the local earl. Uh, and the fourth Earl is the, the, uh, the, the guy, the man who uh, invented the sandwich uh, by putting meat between two, having his servants put meat in between two pieces of bread. So he gets credit. He also, this is the 18th century, uh, was, is famous, well, Wikipedia famous uh, for... Uh, uh, investing in heavily uh, Captain Cook's around the world voyage, and that Cook named the, San- the the islands in the Pacific the Sandwich Islands, which we now know as Hawaii, but used to be known oh. as the Sandwich Islands. So there is a connection; they all touch together. The fourth fourth Earl. So there cool. you go. The golf course go- goes back quite a ways. And they have been playing the British Open there since 1896. They took the 15th they, time or something like that. It's it's really high up there. Yes, they played there a lot, though they skipped like 30 years from 49 till 70 something, or maybe even 81 when Bill Rogers won there. I'm not exactly sure why it was off the Rota. Uh, it may have had to do with the war, but uh, anyway, so yes, they played there a lot. Uh, they they come down there now regularly uh, again, and it is very different than being in Scotland. And it is an interesting golf course. Uh, 
having played there, I'm just, you know, not to overdo this uh, more than I usually do. Uh, the one thing that really I find astounding, have I told you this, John? Maybe. Uh, is when you play there, one, there is a dominant landscape feature that I have yet to see on TV this week. Any of the coverage, uh, I, I, I bought, I have both Golf Digest and Golf Magazine's previews. None of them show it in their picture, all the pictures they have, John. Huge nuclear power plant cooling towers in the field, the 14th uh, hole on that side of the golf course. And when I say, I mean, they're not bigger than your usual cooling towers. They're just closer. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not sure they're a long par five from the border of the golf playing there, you know, everything else, you know, just kind of there, but it's like, holy moly, right there, man. You know, so yeah. that's kind of, and it's kind of that they'd never show them in the coverage. You got, I, I can't imagine you don't have to work pretty damn hard not to keep, to, those out of there. keep them, keep them out of the shots. Right. The so other thing on purpose, what, it's clearly, intent, so it's clearly, clearly intentional. Well, and it's been suggested that the contract with at least American TV must, must say, uh, don't show it. Right. I'm not sure why. You know what? What's what? What's the big deal? But anyway, but I just yeah. want to tell you know this is one of the great things about having been there. I you know that you don't get from the coverage is you know. And here's the second thing, John. They keep doing these over you know whatever drone helicopter whatever views from above and look at how wonderful the water is and everything. I'm pretty sure you never see the water when you play a golf course. Okay. So even though you're on Link's land and you're that close, uh, I think there's a mound even between the golf course and the beach. So it's not, remember, even at St. Andrews on the old course, you can look out across and see the water, mm -hmm. right, John? Yeah. Multiple times, but, but it's flat and everything. You don't, I mean, you know it's there, but you don't, it's not on a tee box and go, Whoa, look at that. Right. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, the white. Uh, uh, in, in fact, let me say, Kiowa reminded me of that a little bit, which we played the next year uh, until you got to certain holes. For a long time, you play inland and you don't know that you're, you're on a, on a links course. So, uh, but, but no, uh, St. George's, you never get a feel. So, uh, but it is a it is a tough test of golf, and everybody says it's not fair because it. Well, it's just links golf. The ball might roll anywhere any given day. So, yeah, there's so many weird kicks that you get and blind shots, and uh, you know they got the first cut. They got three cuts of rough. Um, yeah, well, I the no, first... they haven't. I heard this morning they haven't cut the one bit of rough. The third cut, as you call it, has not been cut for two years. Yeah. So they have three lengths of rough, I, I should say. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
And the first two, the first one is not bad at all. Uh, the second one can be pretty gnarly. Uh, your ball can really kind of sink down in that one. Uh, the third one, just swing and pray. Well, the third third one, it depends upon whether you get get in a uh, a, a floppy wet area uh-huh. that's fully grown, or if you catch a dry spot that it's light and wispy, you might have a easy, pretty easy shot. But yeah, I've seen a couple of impressive shots out of it. Yeah, I, I've also seen people chop and yank left. So, <laughs> <laughs> ouch. To do that, so it be fun. It is a great leaderboard. Uh, yes. Uh, with Oosthuizen leading this morning before they start, Jordan Spees in third. Uh, Morikawa's in second. DJ played really well yesterday to get in in there in for fourth. Scotty Scheffler, who's you know hasn't broke through yet, but has played really well. I mean, this is only his second year on tour. It's um, his first British Open too. Yeah, which so it's same thing for Morikawa, his first open. So, yeah. um, you know, those two could set make history. Um, the last guy to to win their first major at the first at their debut was a guy that never won one again, Ben Curtis. Right back in '09, uh, I think it was or whatever it was. Who, who, who won there? One, yeah, one at Royal St. George's. Right. Yeah, there's there's some good names. Well, there's some good names at leaderboard. Uh, the stories leading up is that Royal St. George's is famous, at least since they reopened, uh, you know, after that, whatever, 30-year gap. Uh, no names winning. Bill Rogers, Ben Curtis, uh, Darren Clark won in 2011, his only okay. major win. Um, he's not a no name. I mean, Darren Clark was, I mean, the guy's got a lot of victories on the Euro tour. I wouldn't say, I mean, I guess you're looking at the fact that it's his only major. Right. Okay. Yeah. Not, not exactly your, your major championship pedigree group there. Rogers only won one. Curtis only won one. Uh, somebody else who's won since then, I think won two. Uh, so uh, so you're it, putting your money on uh, like Andy Sullivan or Marcel CM or uh, Daniel Von Tonder to come from no, no I back. I might go with well, even Uskazen isn't a bad, it would only be his second, and he's not a young man anymore. So, you know, I can't believe how young he actually is, though. I thought he was in his 40s. He's only 35 years old, which isn't young, but it's also not old for the golf world either. Well, I mean, I was. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, he doesn't. He has not aged well. Oh, ouch. Ouch. Distant, just, distant Louis looks. Ouch. I guess he just um, looks. He just looks old to me. Well. Uh, we'll we'll push on there. Louis track record is uh, John is is something of a disser of Louis. In fact, going to make a bet about whether he won or not yesterday afternoon, uh, whether he will win or not. Uh, one, uh, you know, the British Open 
uh, 11 years ago as a young man and has not <clears throat> uh, added a second one uh, to this moment. So six, six second places, six second places. Yeah. So, uh, so he's, uh, he, he is uh, an interesting figure uh, going into this. Uh, he's, I, really I, good. he's got, he's got some guys chasing him. I think Morikawa is the scariest one. Yeah. Yet to see Morikawa really not perform in these situations. Uh, I would love to see Spieth win another one, but I'm not sure under pressure where Spieth's game would be. So um, I'm just, I think, uh, I'm sorry, Jordan, but I think you're probably fragile. And until I yeah. see he's one or two bad breaks, you know, he gets a couple of bad hops somewhere and, you know, you know how he can get with his, you know, he can kind of, he's a little volatile. Yep. Yeah. Not as volatile as uh Terrell Hatton though, yesterday who uh, missed the cut by one stroke and uh, went home with one less club in his bag. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Well, let, let me just say, I was watching this morning, I don't know if you were, and uh, Mr. McElroy was making a run uh, and then uh, hit a uh, a bad shot with his iron after making a bogey and threw his club. So I think it was a six iron. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so there you go. So, John, I, I, got, I got questions for you. All right. First, about the six iron. And uh, I, I need to do a bit of framing this for our listeners who may not know this. There was a big story in the papers last last week at the Scottish yeah. Open. Yeah. Last Friday at the Scottish Open, uh, just standing there on a tee box in his Friday round, a, uh, a, a fan came out of nowhere onto the tee box and took Rory McIlroy's six iron out of his bag and tried to run away with it, okay? Well, he, he didn't even really try to run away with it. He just walked to the back of the tee box and stood there with it. Yeah. And, and neither neither Rory nor his caddy admitted to knowing who the guy was. So it wasn't like this was an ongoing thing. Why do you yeah. do that, John? I don't know. I mean, you like going to jail? <laughs> I mean, he's not going. I mean, he's not getting away. I mean, you're you're on TV. You're on TV. You're not. You're not. I, however I, many thousands of spectators to identify you. He just goes over there and stands there, and they're all. I mean, he's playing with Rom. Um, this is, is just like what the f just happened? What's going on right now? And it's it's kind of humorous and kind of. At the same time, a little scary. I mean, you got people just, I mean, you can do damage to somebody with a six iron if you started swinging it. Right. And that's why, that's why they didn't, they didn't go out and, you know, they, it's not like they ran at it up at him or anything like that. They let security handle it. And it was a very anticlimactic, you know, finish. He just stood there with the six iron, took like a couple of practice swings with it. And the security came up and he handed it back and away he went. <laughs> So apparently whoever whoever dared him or whoever bet him that he wouldn't do it 
hopefully he got paid a, a lot of money from his mate that, that, uh, you know, said, I, I bet you won't go over there and grab a club out of Rory's bag. You don't think it was, you got to grab the six iron. No, because it looked like he went for his driver first, but the driver was too long, and he pulled the head cover off. So then he dropped the head cover and then grabbed the six iron. Okay. So, all right. Now now I'm going to get more personal with the next question. Uh, I, I think you're aware that I went to Indiana this week and played in a four-man scramble. Uh, and the winning score, I think I heard, was 19 under par. Uh, there are suspicions amongst the people I know, not just about this tournament, but many other scrambles I've played in, that nobody can really shoot in under par on a golf course. No, so, not unless you have, you know, like you play in those, I don't know, I'm sure you've played in them where they have mulligans and they have string and they have all this wonky crap like a par five where you move up to the 150 yard marker and you know there's you know there's a lot of especially for charity events where they charge you an arm and a leg to to move up and do all this stuff and then guys go out yeah. and shoot 20 21 22 under so was this just a straight up clean clear scramble that had no um you know no buyouts no there, there were there were no mulligans no there was only one hole, uh, and if I, I, I will tell you about in a moment. There was one hole you could do better, like you said, by uh, moving up, uh, pay to move up. Uh, but other than that, yeah, uh, no. Straight 19 yeah. under. So, yeah. John, but my, my, I, question, my question isn't, I know how hard it would be to shoot 19 under. So, are you cheating? is it worth does anybody I, some people it really is and i don't i don't get it so john john so how does that happen do the four of you stand there and you say we're riding 19 or does one of you do it and the others just go along or i you see i i just i can't conceptualize even i don't somebody i don't know anybody who would that conversation you can lie on the scorecard how much we lie in, right? I I don't I don't get it either. Um, maybe we're just can't imagine you hang out with a lot of guys who would initiate that conversation either. No, I, I don't. And it's I I don't I don't understand uh, you know, I've been frustrated with I've played in a lot of scrambles and right. You know, on the on your very, I'm actually very impressed, and I'm I'm glad that you won your closest to the pin that you got on the very first hole because I'm telling you, nine out of ten times it's the last group that wins the closest to the pin contest, and it's the last group that wins the longest drive contest, and it's like, come on, guys. I mean, I saw that when we played; it was like three inches. You're telling me all day that thing stands, and you knock it to two inches. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. I guess some people really want that fifty dollar gift card in the pro shop to buy another dozen golf balls or two dozen right. pinnacles. I don't know. So, so let me let me just for those of you at home who don't know what we're talking about is 
most charity kind of events in the golf tournament, you play with four people and you all hit and you pick the best shot from the four and then you go and you all four hit again. And then you do that all the way through till you hole out. So you have four opportunities each time to do well, right, John? Yeah. 19, 19 is better than birdieing every hole, which is, yep. which is very unlike. So, John, here we go. Here's the charity hole because people might like this. The charity hole was the second hole. It was a par five, 550 yards, right, John? So yep. we get to the tee box. They had a guy there who has won the long driving contest. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I, I have friends who are uh, totally inappropriate, John. And one of them asked uh, how, how much he weighed. Or who I think might have been, I think he claimed to be 5'10", and it was uh, a, a, a 5'10 in lifts, I think. Weighs what weighs two forty, John. Wow. Uh, yes, he looked like he could play backer, right? And yeah. uh, he he was you know was legal standard equipment, and uh, he hit the ball off the tee box there four hundred yards, time and time and time, you know all day for every group. You got to pay. Well, you could use his drive if you paid a certain amount. And if you paid a and we couldn't even see land for us. So we wow. went out and played from about 150 yards on a par five. So uh, there you go. So, but man, you know, he generated a lot of effing club club head speed, as you can you know these guys. Oh right yeah, now. yeah. Oh, they yeah. swing from their heels. I mean, it's just unbelievable how much torque they yeah. put on golf clubs and shafts. I mean, it's their shafts aren't even like they're not even extra stiff. They're like eighty gram two by fours with a club head on it that still flex insanely amount when they swing i mean it's yeah because he's 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 yeah he's you know you know uh, way up there in the hundreds for, for what he's, he's probably or not. his yeah. swing speed's probably easily 125 miles per hour and i bet his ball speed coming off the club is is somewhere between 190 and 210 yeah so john uh i asked him what ball he hit guess what he was hitting Pinnacle? No, he was hitting balls from Costco. The Costco. Oh, the, uh, really? The, the Kirkland balls? Kirkland. That's what he said. Yes, I'm Kirkland. Interesting. Those balls yeah. have a lot of spin on them. They have a very high spin rate. I don't. I, I don't like I them. I thought they were more like top lights. That they were. They were. Working. No, that, I mean, if you. I mean, if you hit the ball pretty straight, they're actually a pretty good ball, especially yeah. for the price. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I personally, I feel like they have a high spin rate, so your miss hits go further offline because they are they have so much rotation on them. So your slices slice further, your hooks hook more, right. yada, yada. 
But if he's generating top spin, then he's getting more rotation that way too. So that might be why he likes it. Right. Or they, they feel good. Him, or they pay him to play him. No way. Those things are $25 a dozen. They can't afford to pay anybody to play him. Mm. Actually, they're like 30. I think they're $25 for two dozen. Okay. All right. So now, John, we've gotten to where we're helping Costco sell golf balls. Uh, and uh, I think that's probably a good, good way to end the, the show. What do you think? That's a good way to end the show. Who's your pick to win the tournament? More Cal. Yeah, I think, I think he just, unless his putter just completely leaves him, he was which the could ball happen. Strip. He didn't have to putt yesterday. Did you see Man. how close he was hitting it? The kid oh can God. hit some. He can play some irons, can he? He might be the best iron player, right, on tour. I don't even know if it's arguable right well, now. Well, but Uski hit some damn good irons too. It's an it, it's an iron player's game, uh, golf course too. So, yeah. Just yeah, keep it in play. Keep it in play and, and hit it stiff and uh, and you win. So, yeah. Hit it as close as Steve Hicks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Congrat- congratulations on your closest to the pin, sir. Yes. You, you did. Or it was, right? Yeah, it looked like it was less than three feet, maybe two. No, they measured it at eight inches. Woo-wee. Nice. Uh, there, there, Good were, job. there, there were many. Imagine the nature of the jokes all day. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Bezos's uh, spaceship, huh? This, uh, in the same exact same vein. The lines about bigger, smaller, and so you had to use the word vein. You had to use the word vein there, did you? I, I, uh, well. No, I didn't, but it, it, it works. Okay. All right, John. Good talking to you. We'll talk next week and um, have fun watching the Open. All right. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Take care Bye. of yourself. Okay. I will. Bye, Bye bro. Bye, bro.